Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am excited to introduce you to a new friend of mine, Carol Bevel, and her book, Breakthrough, Six Weeks to Demolish Diet Culture Strongholds. And as Carol and I were talking, I was thinking about how really what God wants for us is freedom in every area of our life, whether it is related to food, finances, relationships, um, each and every area. And one of the reasons we struggle to partner with him in freedom is just that we're going so fast. We don't take the time to stop, pause, slow down, say, God, search me. Tell me what is going on in my heart. And that is the invitation of my book and course, Tangled. It's an invitation to slow down with him, to invite him to search your heart let you know what's really going on in there, and then partner with him for your freedom. If you want to grab my Tangled book, you can find it on Amazon. The course actually comes with the PDF of the book, so you get the book and the course, just along with a few videos that help keep you um, on track, give you a little more information as to how to walk through these six weeks of becoming free. You can grab that through my website, JacquelineWeidner.com, or through the link in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with my new friend, Carol Bevel of Fuel Body, Feed Soul. Welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm sitting here with Carol Bevel. Her Instagram handle is Fuel Body, Feed Soul. She is the mom to four, and she's been a personal trainer, a nutritionist, a cycling coach for over 35 years. And I'm excited to talk to Carol about her latest book, Breakthrough, Six Weeks to Demolish Diet Culture Strongholds. And Carol and I have just been chatting away here. We are like, we need to stop talking so we can have a recorded <laughs> conversation. But there's so much, just a wealth of wisdom. And even if you haven't been part of diet culture, I think there's going to be so much here for you. Um, and if you can think of somebody right now, even that you're like, hey, I know a friend who has been struggling with this, you can share this episode with them um, because I know Carol has a lot of great things to say, not just to help us get healthier, but to help us be free. So Carol, welcome to Ready to Thrive. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Um, appreciate anybody that's going to help me plant seeds um, so that there's a harvest of freedom um, for our culture from the strongholds of diet culture. Now, unpack for me a little bit more um, just about what a diet culture stronghold is? So interestingly, diet culture over the years has set itself up as a false religion. They use the, the language of religion. Um, and interestingly, the strongholds that it creates are the same strongholds that we see in every arena of life when we set something above our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what the diet culture feeds is enslavement to something, restriction, is what their word is, 
um, a culture of self-reliance where their word for it is willpower, you know, right? So exercise willpower, you need to restrict or eliminate certain foods. Um, they create a bondage in the sense of us looking at God's provision and deciding if this is clean or not clean, if this is processed or unprocessed, we start becoming subject to law, right? And so all the things that we know as believers that we have been freed from, the diet culture puts us in this business of restriction, willpower, it robs us of our peace, it robs us of our joy, it causes anxiety and worry. And why is that? Because the number one selling tool of any diet is fear, fear of something other than fear of the Lord. And that's always the enemy ground to create strongholds. If he can shift us to being fearful of something, then we're going to start clinging to things other than the Lord. And so just in your mind, think about all the fear driven language of diet culture. What, what is it in our relationship with food or in our relationship with body image that's not rooted in fear? I always ask my clients that. You know, um, and so they say, well, then how do I break free from these strongholds? Well, the opposite of diet culture, right, is if we're spirit led. And so we do know in Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the spirit. So if we can look at our relationship with food, um, with what we choose to eat, how much we choose to eat, when we choose to eat, what we look like in a mirror, if we start to look at that through the lens of the fruit of the spirit, then we know if it's enemy led or spirit led. So are you making food choices because you love that food? Or are you making food choices because you've been told it's what you should eat and you're afraid to eat what you love, so you're going to eat this, so you're eating from a place of fear? Um, When you eat something, do you experience a sense of peace and joy and fullness and satisfaction from it, because that's what God has for us. Or do you feel what most people feel, false guilt? Do you feel shame? Do you wake up in the morning promising yourself that you're going to be good or better than you were yesterday? Do you wake up in the morning feeling like, oh, look at me. I'm just, I've got to wear like this to cover up this because I'm so embarrassed and shameful because I ate X, Y, and Z tomorrow. So you can see that it's all the same things, right? It's fear, restriction, willpower, shame, false guilt. Those are all the strongholds that are before us in anything where we don't look to God first. Well, I think... um... You know, we were chatting beforehand and I was saying how for myself, this is this has not been a, um, mm-hmm. a battle that I have. I've had many other battles, um, but this hasn't been um, a big thing for me um, until recently. I've been chatting with some girlfriends who've been telling me about kind of what goes on in their mind. Like you said, um, the really obsessing thinking about what what you're going to eat and then those feelings afterwards. And um what I love is that in your book and really in your message, you're not saying um, to not pursue health, right? You're mm-hmm. not saying to not pursue like feeding yourself in this healthy way. It's really throwing off these um, mindsets and these mm-hmm. things that have been so embedded 
um, for so long and ask, like you said, these things that are good or bad and, and trying to kind of weigh these things. And because those things all happen in our mind, um, we can be friends with somebody for many years and have no idea what process they're going through, the shame they're experiencing, all those kind of things. Um, so I would just love to know um, how does somebody even either begin to identify that they may have some diet culture strongholds or even how to begin to, like for you, how do you begin to even pursue health? So let's go first with how does somebody identify these diet culture diet culture strongholds in themselves? Yeah. So I think that, you know, you have to look at how much time and emotional energy your relationship with food and your body is taking up. Um, you know, if we look at the things that we spend the most time on and we spend the most money on, then that's our priority. Um, I would venture to say that when I moved to the South um, and here I was in the Bible Belt with these deeply rooted Christians, um, how much diet culture is something they compartmentalize away from their relationship with Jesus, right? Like I'm going to seek God first in my marriage, in my relationship with my children, in my relationship with money, but in my relationship with my friends. But when it comes to my relationship with food, I'm going to seek the world's knowledge rather than God's wisdom. And so I would argue with most women, I, I don't think that there's anyone and myself included, I've never struggled per se with dieting. Um, I grew up in a house with a mother who was obsessed with dieting. And I, I, it's what led me to do what I do professionally to see how much that imprisoned her. Um, so I've never really obsessed with dieting. However, I always look to worldly knowledge rather than what the Bible teaches us about our physical wellness and what God has provided for us. So I would say right off the bat, if you're world dependent and world reliant, reliant on what you think is good and bad, clean or processed to eat, you've already started down the wrong path with your relationship with food. And the enemy waits, right? He, he waits. He, he doesn't tempt us always with these bad, terrible things. Often he dangles out something that's seemingly a good thing. And all he needs us to do is elevate a good pursuit into, into something that we pursue with greater affection, greater time commitment than we do pursue our relationship with Jesus. So yeah, so I would say that there's probably no one that's immune to diet culture. It's become such a part of our language that we don't even realize that we are enslaved to different aspects of it. Um, I have to keep check on that all the time um, to make sure how am I referencing this back. And I would tell you where breakthrough is very different and it took a long time. Um, about six years ago, five years ago, I sat down with my business partner and we were talking about common sense and taking the word transformation back from the diet industry. Um, to go to Romans 12, two transformation, a renewing of our mind and a transforming of our heart rather than a Tuesday transformation of I weigh this. And so let me post a picture um, and how fleeting that is. That's where it started. And breakthrough kind of came out with a sense of common sense nutrition. So looking at Proverbs, what does God tell us is common sense about our body? He tells us all the time to eat things that nourish and fuel this 
beautiful gift of a body that he gave us, but not to obsess or overindulge in any one thing too much because it will make us sick. He actually tells us in Genesis, for the most part, what the foundation of any healthy diet is. And I think that if I had left it there, I might have created um, a, a new diet <laughs> um, because I was still part of diet culture and really just through prayer and stripping down less of me really digging into it. What breakthrough does is breakthrough doesn't tell anybody what to eat or what not to eat. It just asks, are you eating enough of these good things that God provided? And then it also doesn't say, this is the wrong way to eat. Like this is a bad diet or don't do this. What it asks you is the way that you eat, are you experiencing the fruit of the spirit? in every aspect of it. And if you are not, then you should know two truths about it. One, you are imprisoned in a stronghold and two, it will not last. And if you're very honest, what you will find out is that you live in what the diet culture has created, which is the restriction binge cycle. You exercise willpower for however long you have that. You are good, you are following the diet, you are heading towards your goal, or you're off track, <laughs> you're out of control, you're eating everything in sight, or you can't get back to the rigorous control mechanisms that a diet put in place. And then you make a decision. A person imprisoned by diet culture doesn't seek Jesus and seek freedom from it. They seek a new, better, improved diet. That's so good. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it is the, um, we can run ourselves ragged trying to find peace, trying mm -hmm. to find joy. Like you said, the fruit of the spirit, trying to find these things in all these ways of the world yeah. when it is in seeking him, mm -hmm. he, he does renew our mind. He renews our mind about things. Um, I, I actually think he renews our mind about everything like finances, sleep, relationships, for sure, our food. And that's been something I've been sharing a little bit over Instagram um, and a little bit on here over this past year um, is that my husband and my journey in finding really a sense of freedom in our hearts over the last few years um, has led to really the Holy Spirit whispering to us like, hey, it's time to it's time to tackle your finances in this other way, like 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 almost like turn to face this thing you have been ignoring. And the same with our health. So my husband and I, I would say, uh, the thing that I really wanted out of this last year for both of us was not to diet. We've never been, um, we've never been a, a dieting family, but we have been a, a family on the go. Um, mm -hmm. And we have been, um, I would say for sure, getting into some of the, the binging of our, like we get so tired. Now we're turning to these, um, you know, foods that are going to make us feel good. Um, but what's happened in this past year is learning really to lean in, um, resting, true Sabbath and fueling. That's why I love your um, Instagram handle, really fueling our body with foods that um, are care for us. And I think when when we saw in COVID last year where people were 
all everybody was like, we're all baking bread. We're all turning like it was like this major. What are we turning to? I just remember the Holy Spirit whispering, saying like, like feed yourself. You need to feed yourself and making these really beautiful meals that I felt like were not only satisfying my stomach, but they were satisfying this deep place within me that was in um, really in a, you know, we were all in this global crisis. And so there's definitely something to be said for that. What does it look like to um, lean into what Jesus is saying to us in this moment? I always tell everybody that the last thing that Jesus chose to do before he had to face the unfaceable, right? Before he, and, and knowing knowing, not us kind of going into something that we think is going to be bad, <laughs> but we don't know how bad it's going to be <laughs> until we're in it. I mean, he, he, his walk to the cross was in the full awareness and knowledge of what that suffering was going to be. What's the last thing he chose to do? The last thing he chose to do was to sit and have a meal with the people he loved most. And there are so many mechanisms that that's not so much covered in breakthrough. It is on my blog and, and um, in my, on my Instagram, I talk a great deal about the fact that food is, food is a gift. It's a provision from, from our creator, a loving provision. He could have made all sorts of choices. He could have chosen not to give us this variety, both visually, um, the way that it smells, the, the texture of it. He could have removed all of that. So food wasn't this glorious experience for all of our senses. He could have made food have no taste. He could have not given us taste buds. He could have not given us a hormone system that reacts with pleasure when we eat something um, and emotional comfort when we eat something. He could have done all of that, but he didn't choose to because food is such a celebration. It's such a source of gifting and it's such a source to connect us back to the Father and to remember through the enjoyment of food how deeply we are loved. That's why food is nurturing. That's why food is comforting. That's why food also beautifully fuels our body. And I don't want to turn the Bible into a diet. And I know people have done that. Um, I don't do that. But in Genesis, what nutrition science has discovered, right? I always love it that in Proverbs, and I can't remember which one, but it's always God delights in concealing things, right? And science or man delights in revealing things. And so... I think it's interesting that nutrition science and all the years that we've been studying it has only come to the conclusion of what was stated in basically the first chapters of Genesis is that the human body functions best when the bulk of our diet is from fruits and vegetables. And then when we fill it in with protein and then fats come from, that's not a separate category. All the fats that we eat come from our protein or fruits and vegetable sources. I know we've categorized it as something different, but it's a derivative of animal products or fruits and vegetables. And then grain, and then we round it out with grain so that we have the glucose needed for our brains and the fiber needed for our intestinal systems. And when we eat in the way that Genesis says from the majority of fruits and vegetables down to grains, miraculously, we don't have to worry about food because we're satiated, we're nourished, right? We've experienced joy and pleasure from it in a balanced way. We don't feel like we're eliminating or restricting something which sets us up to desire it 
more. And if we eat that way, then we can live out what it says in Matthew. Don't be anxious about what we put into our bodies. It just passes through, right? Be anxious about the things of the spirit. You know, focus on those things. Look to those things. How are you as a human being? How are you as an image bearer of Christ? Not what do I look like in a mirror? Because the reality is I'm 54 years old. I've been an athlete and very physically fit the whole of my life. How I look in the mirror, I'm not in control of it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What I look like at 18, which I probably didn't appreciate, <laughs> right? I've not been able to hold on to that, no matter how healthy I've been, no matter how controlled I've been. Um, but have I nourished my body in a way that I have the energy and the vibrant health to fulfill my God-given purpose, you know? And so, yeah, so I'm not surprised during COVID when we were forced to slow down that the joy of food as nourishment, the simple pleasure of sharing a meal with the people we love and how that strengthens our families, how that strengthens our relationship with God, that's God's plan for our lives. It's not the world's plan for our lives. The world's plan for our lives is convenience <laughs> and, and speed, <laughs> you know, but um, that's not God. God's like, lie down <laughs> in the green pasture, rest and focus on me. Well, I even love thinking about, yeah, so like Psalm 23, where it's this like table set before you. And I, I think about that idea of um, we were we're going so fast and mm -hmm. so hard. There's probably some people listening to this podcast episode on like double speed, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to consume as much as we can um, and we're exhausted. And I think that's where we also end up. We just end up reaching for things that mm -hmm. um, that aren't, they aren't satisfying. We're, we eat things so quickly. We don't even know what they taste like. Uh, my mom has this famous line, every time we sit down for like Thanksgiving or Christmas over and she's like, eat slowly, right? Like it took me hours to prepare this meal. And so I think part of it too is really learning to care for um, like steward. That's been our family word of the year, like stewardship all across the board. What does it look like to steward um, our bodies as a whole with rest, with movement? And I, I heard somebody the other day really talking about how she, she had to move every day because otherwise – like it was almost like this punishment. She had to move her body. And I thought, oh, I I move because I love it. I'm so thankful. I have friends who can't move. And yes. it's just that place of like, there's something that happens when I am living in this place of, I get to move my body. I love moving my body. I get to fuel my body. Like living in that place where I'm sleeping well versus, and I've also been in another place of, I'm going so fast. I haven't slept well. I'm grabbing whatever food I can. I'm like, there's, there really is such a difference in, in both places. And some of it does come back to, for me, um, going back to spending time with Jesus, like you said, because when I have that time, again, not in a rushed, here's my one liner devotional verse of the day, but, but spending time with him, it's this invitation. He says, come away with me, like, come, come be with me. I'm going to give you rest. And all of these things come as that overflow, right? Like all of those things, I'm no longer, 
barreling down but, to get stuff done. But that's yeah. the promise, right? I mean, my life verse is Matthew 6, 33, right? So, but first seek the kingdom and then you will receive all the things or abundance. And the reason why is because it's, we, we as human beings in this world are in a culture, part of a culture that, as I said at the beginning, we compartmentalize our relationship with God. We might seek him first in the big areas, but then in other things we seek ourselves or we seek the world. And when we get caught up in that, and it might be getting caught up in that for a good reason, right? It might on its surface seem like a good thing, but when we set God aside or we set him second, then everything becomes out of whack, right? And slowly but surely it becomes something that controls us rather than us controlling it. And what we end up feeling in that is anxiety, restlessness, worry, depression. Um, we feel a sense of worthlessness, like no matter how much I do, I'm not good enough. It's not enough because all of that, when we put anything in front of God, we are also turning our back on the abundance that he's promised. And so if you take that down to your body and your relationship with food, when you're looking at food as something that is a chore, <laughs> you know, or an obligation, <laughs> and rather than coming, at coming to food in a place of gratitude, what a gift this is, the abundance that flows from treating food as such, meaning that it gives your family time to slow down, sit at a table together, have conversations and connect, right? If you do all of those things around food, rather than what culture tells us, grab a protein bar, grab three, get in your car, driving to your fifth sporting obligation with your children and throw some chicken nuggets in the back, eat yourself a bar, get to the event, go to the event, come out, pull through another drive-through, everybody eats so we can get home, get our homework done, get into bed and start the grind all over again. I just always think that our loving father is sitting there looking at us like hamsters on a wheel going, why? What, what's attractive about this? Look what I have for you. I have still waters. I have green pastures. I have everything you need. And I'm the God of Psalm 103. I'm not just going to meet your needs. I'm going to exceed them. I'm the God of Ephesians 3. I'm going to exceedingly abundantly satisfy you. And that's what breakthrough finally came through. It was not a sense of what do I need to do to lose weight? <laughs> what do I need to do to eat healthy? It was flipping it from fuel your body, feed your soul to feed your soul. And then you will be led to fuel your body well. You know, and, and that was my own journey with it. I really, if you look back and I've never erased anything on fuel body, I, I like to see my own renewing, my own transformation. The more that I walk away from what I've learned <laughs> in the world, from my own sense of control I'm, and discipline, and the more I'm led, the more I follow the more freedom and satisfaction and fullness I experience and the less power my flesh has over me. And imagine if I applied that to my relationship with food. And so it's a very intimate, complex relationship. And that's why Breakthrough is a Bible study. <laughs> um, it's really about 
I know I can't lead you to heal your relationship with food. All my nutrition knowledge, <laughs> any, you know, I, I, all I can do is force you to lose temporary weight by restricting something. That's, that's what I'm capable of as a human being. I'm not capable of giving you freedom, but Jesus is. And so what I hope breakthrough does is it gives you common sense truth not confusing, not complicated, not ever-changing, not trendy, biblical truth about what food was designed to do for our bodies that is never changing. And then from it, you are led deeper and deeper into the full armor of God, of his word and prayer, so that you are spirit-led and from willpower to spirit empowerment, from stronghold to freedom, from restriction, elimination, constant want to the fulfillment, satisfaction that you can receive from God and God alone. And, and I'm hoping that's what Breakthrough does. I know um, from the people that have read the book now, the Bible studies that are going on, um, that seems to be what's happening. Um, something unintended happened out of it. More and more disordered eating um, practitioners are that are that are Christian based are latching on to breakthrough and realizing that 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 wellness cannot be achieved if all we seek is control over our physical health. That wellness can only be achieved when we are spiritually well. Um, and so, um, yeah, um, you know, my prayer is is that. The book plants a lot of seeds and many people are, are brought to freedom through their relationship with Christ, that many people understand that it's not their willpower, it's not their ability, it's that he makes them able and his spirit empowers them. That it's not what they can control or what they can hold on to through scarcity mentality, but actually that when they open up their arms and embrace the fullness that God has waiting for them, they want less. They want yeah. less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about something that, um, I feel like is almost the flip side of this because part of the conversation is to the woman who has been battling this for a while and has been living in that place of restriction and, and, uh, you know, fixated on what she's eating. And then I think something I've seen as well has been this, um, culture that has said almost like indulge in anything and mm -hmm. and lacks self-control which is again one of the fruit of the spirit so um i know as you share in this book like it's not about saying um come be satisfied therefore eat this pack of oreos and that's going to deeply satisfy you and, and do you know what i mean because it, it also doesn't there's also that that also um is another place where it can be this stronghold and so um just talk to me about the difference even between um, willpower and self-control. Yeah. So if, if we look at it that way, God constantly calls us to walk in tension. We walk in tension between our flesh and our spirit. We walk in tension between the culture of the world um, and our kingdom mindset. We walk in tension between um, legalism and license. And so if you look at food, and we put it in terms of legalism and license, what you just pointed out is that there are many people in our culture 
that live on the legalistic side of their relationship with food. They are controlled by many laws <laughs> and, and, and many kind of false idols about um, almost a works-based mentality that if I follow X, Y, and Z, then I therefore will honor the temple and be a good steward, but they've taken their mind off the prize. The prize is our eternal relationship with Jesus. And so what we do in this world, when we're a workspace culture on the legalistic side, and we're adhering to diets through sheer force of will, and we're good at it, we're part of the 2% <laughs> that's maintaining this weight, we're exercising, like you said, in a way of almost punishment, like, you know, the grind. When we're staying on that side of the equation, what we don't realize is that our relationship with Jesus is suffering, that we're becoming unwell in other areas of our of our life and that we have now put faith in ourselves because we believe in our own ability to control an outcome and that's not what god has called us to and so the flip side of that is license the flip side of that is not walking in the tension that god calls us to walk in which is the path of self-control but the world puts us to extremes legalism follow all the rigid diet rules or license and you know i healthy at every size um, movement. Um, God does not call us to that. God calls us to that narrow path. And God says that if it's just license, if it's just wheels off the bus, indulge my flesh, um, I enjoy it. So therefore I can eat as much of it as I want to, <laughs> um, then you are not going to be healthy at every size. There's actually, um, tons, I'm trying to think of a better word, but tons of peer-reviewed concrete research, not cherry-picked research of diet culture, but actually medically peer-reviewed research that shows that the human body has a tolerance for a certain amount of weight before it starts to have great health implications from it, whether it's as simple as skeletally, your joints and your knees and your bones start to suffer or whether it's um, organ-based and, and more short with chronic illnesses, we see that an excessive amount of weight leads to chronic health issues. So God doesn't say sit down and, and stuff yourself. He warns us about that too. He And the closest I can get biblically to this, um, and the message kind of captures it a little bit better because it puts it into common language, although I feel it loses some of the beauty <laughs> of it, um, if you look to Proverbs, in Proverbs, he says, I've given you honey, enjoy it. I've given you this good thing, please enjoy it. So if we put that in the message, honey is sugar, honey is candy, right? I've given you this wonderful, good thing for you to enjoy, but don't eat so too much of it, lest it make you sick. So what he's saying is everything that's in the world is good for you that I've created, but not to the point of foolishness or obesity or gluttony, you know? And so he's asking us through him to find the freedom of, if I look to Jesus and I go to Jesus first, I'll find freedom from food, whether it is I'm being overly legalistic about it, or I have zero control over it and it's nothing but license and I'm indulging my flesh all the time. Now, just a brief little thing. Obesity is a medical condition. 
and it's an emotional condition. And there's a lot of underlying factors that lead to obesity, genetics, um, emotional pain, and that is above my pay grade. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not a medical doctor. Anyone who's ever come to me that's struggling with obesity, I refer them up the chain to a registered dietitian, their medical professional, and, and typically a therapist, because that's, that's, that's rooted in a deep emotional hurt often, or in a body that physiologically is not, not running correctly. Um, so I just wanna make sure that that's kind of an aside. Um, but obese people are generally not chasing weight <laughs> from a legalistic standpoint. They're, they're chasing a weight because it's, it's a chronic illness issue. Yeah. So, yeah. And I appreciate too, like the, I mean, I, I have a friend who, um, is probably one of the most unhealthy eaters, this, this guy that I've worked with, but, um, it doesn't show on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just the way, again, like genetically, um, and so I think that's that's hard. And I, and in this conversation, I I think as your book talks about, it's it's the strongholds. It's those places that you know, even regardless of what um, we appear to be, it's what are the things that are happening um, really on the inside. What is the dialogue? What is the you know whether it's that from a place of shame or even just kind of um, an obsessive mm -hmm. narrative that is. Um, it's not walking in that place of freedom. And so, yeah. yeah. And to pull you back to the freedom again, as I would tell you, we're called to walk in this tension because when we're on the narrow path of self-control, which is a spiritual maturity, it's the last of the fruit. God doesn't say you're going to start this journey by experiencing self-control. You know, it's like, no, that's the last of the fruit. So it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a spiritual walk of maturity to get to the place of self-control. But what you said, the flip side, when you think about it, whether you're on the legalistic side and you are adherent and very willfully will-powered and you can stick and adhere to diets so you're mostly on the side of towards your goal weight and less on the side of trying to get back to your goal weight, or you're on the license side of beating yourself up through shame or false guilt about food because you're constantly more, you feel out of control than in control and you're overindulging more than you're restricting. Either side of those, guess what? You're in a stronghold. There's no freedom in either one of those. And that's what diet culture gives us. Diet culture always, the enemy always leads us to extremes. He, and it doesn't matter how he pulls us off the path. You know, I'm a person that would definitely get pulled to the side of legalism, 100%. You know, I'm a control freak. I'm overly disciplined. I fall into the stronghold of self-reliance all the time. And I've done it today <laughs> and I'll do it later today. Um, and then I have dear, dear friends that are on the opposite side of that. They're being pulled by the enemy and being led to, 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 the, to the indulgence side in whatever area of it is in life, um, you know, where they never move their body. They never care about what they eat. They overindulge in things that are not fueling their bodies. Um, and they're as imprisoned as I am. We're just in prisons with different doors. Well, I think that's that's part of it is that's why I wanted to like bring up that I concept of self-control as well, because I feel like 
we can focus on the one end of, mm -hmm. you know, don't, um, don't control your food, don't do these things, don't whatever, but then flip to the other side. And I for sure can be way more on the indulgent side because I love food and I love cooking and all the things. And I, I, um, have for me, sometimes I've been in that place of just the more is more. And mm -hmm. what I have found for me is that when I'm in that place, it's always, like you said, it's always an emotional need that I'm trying to meet. Mm -hmm. And it's when I'm in that place where I am fully satisfied in Jesus that mm -hmm. it feels like these other things just kind of fall away. And I can um, make beautiful food, fuel myself. That's where I'm making the, like I would say I'm choosing those fruits of the um, vegetables and, and things that I, I'm no longer looking to something that is really covered with like sugar and salt and things to fill me up um, because it never does. You know? Yeah, it never does. And it's, it's basically going the point of, am I honoring the temple without seeking my own self-glory, right? So am I being a good steward of this miraculous gift that God created for me? Because the human body is, it, it, it's just mind boggling um, how divinely created it is. Um, so am I being a good steward of that? But am I being a good steward of it because my motivation is not self-seeking? My motivation to move my body, to fuel it well, is about being the hands and feet, is about serving others, is about fulfilling my God-given purpose, is about taking care of and nurturing my family. Or is my relationship with food and my body, I'm honoring it because I'm self-seeking to be a certain way, to, you know, to look a certain way in pants, to, right? To do whatever it is, to feel better about myself emotionally because I need that sense of control. If, as soon as something is self-seeking, you are now either, based on how you're hardwired, going to legalism or license. Because whenever we're self-seeking, we're going to one of those two places. But ultimately, we all experience when we get into those same places, into those two places, we all experience the same strongholds. We all experience the stronghold of false guilt. We all experience the stronghold of exhaustion, um, weariness, worry, pride, vanity, whatever it is, fear. We're all experiencing those strongholds because we've put a thing, an appetite in front of God. And so that's what breakthrough, I mean, I really think at the end of the day, when um, people have worked through this book, ultimately it's made them realize food is not this separate thing. Their body image is not this separate thing. It's, it's a flesh thing. <laughs> it's a flesh thing. And if you're given to appetite or given to restricting your appetite in a legalistic way, at the end of the day, it's still in control of you and it's still a stronghold. So until you have the humility and the surrender to lay it at the foot of the cross and to give it up wholly and entirely to Jesus and say, take this, take this from me convict me to how this is building strongholds in my life. I'm turning this over to you. And I know that it's not my willpower. It's not my strength, but it comes through Christ. I know that it's not my knowledge, but it's your wisdom. 
that was taught to me and your unchanging truth that will set me free from these things. And unfortunately, we are in flesh. We are in the world. So it's not a one and done thing. We, we can't lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross once and say, done. He's very capable of doing that. And I've seen that kind of miraculous healing with friends that have battled addiction, where they just laid it at the foot of the cross. And the next day they woke up and they, this addiction that owned them, it, it was gone. But for the majority of us, <laughs> God's using our burdens to refine us and to constantly lead us to him. And so you might have to walk to the foot of the cross multiple times a day, every single day when it comes to your relationship with food and your body. But the freedom, the fullness that's at the foot of the cross, the peace, the rest, it's worth it. It's worth it. Well, I love what you said there. And I feel like even that concept of going to the foot of the cross um, with our food stuff, with all of this flesh, that's going to be new to some people. Because like you said at the very beginning, we um, we have many things in our life that we kind of consider spiritual, that we go to Jesus for. And there's other things we've said, oh, no, this is this is over here. And really what that is, that place of surrender. Mm -hmm. It's that place of confession. It's when we have that time that we spend with Jesus and he is, um, you know, pressing that little bit of conviction on us. Like this is, you know, this thing. And it's, I always say conviction is an invitation to freedom mm -hmm. and we can get afraid of it. So we're like, ah, I, you know, again, going back to that place of finances, probably a year and a half ago, um, separately, the Holy Spirit was like tapping on my husband's heart and my heart. And it took us a few months to be able to have the conversation together and then turn and face it together. But in that whole process, we were separately turning to Jesus saying, you know what, this is actually, you're not wanting to like be a buzzkill for our fun or be totally restrictive, but it's, it's an invitation to freedom because we've had a, we've had a stronghold of debt. Mm -hmm. And so it's, Every every week when we meet and we have this, we go through our budget meeting. Um, one of the things we say is it's um, it is for you know, breaking out of this stronghold of debt. And so, but we we first had to really lean in and mm -hmm. turn to face it. And so it's it's I know for some people listening here, probably something that Carol has said has kind of just kind of landed in that place of your heart, and you're like, oh, I don't. I don't know if I want to, do I want to go to Jesus with this? Because there's, there can be a little bit of fear either in the letting go of the control or letting go of that indulgence. And um, I would say when we go honestly to the foot of the cross, we just say, Hey, this is, this is where I've been at. He already knows. It's like that the kid who, um, we already know the things that our, our kids have done, but when they come to us, we're like, ah, thank you for coming to me. And I can help you actually in this area. And so it's just being honest with him and saying, this is, this is where I'm at. And like Carol said, there are some things in our lives that are like, wow, okay, that was, that felt like a pretty instant and we're good. There's many other things that is like, I need to come to you every day. I need to come to you many times a day. And he's like, great, I'm here for you. The same way, again, we would be here for our kids saying, it's not like it's not like I'm letting my kids come to me once. Well, sometimes I feel like 
I've I've cut them off from their 40,000 questions. But um, but it's no, it's an, come to me, keep coming to me. And he wants to walk us in this place of freedom. And so um, Carol's book is this six week book to just help you um, walk through it. And she gives you some great um, nutritional um, information as well. So it really is a very well-rounded guide um, that I think would be great to do with some girlfriends and um, sit down and say, hey, and and even in that, like I said before, we don't often share these things really with our girlfriends. What are the things that are really going on in, in our head? And And I actually think part of the strongholds get weakened when we confess them, when we get them out of our head where they've had no um, regulation, they yeah, come out I, of our mouth. I wrote it as a Bible study because there is strength in the gathered body. When we come together at the foot of the cross to seek Jesus, he is there and the enemy wants to isolate us because when we're isolated, our strongholds control us. But um, when we are willing to go to others like you and your husband, you were both convicted, but when you came together, that's where the power was, right? To face it and to, and to surrender it. And freedom is always, always through the path of complete surrender. Always. And I, and I think there is this temptation of um, just this shame that comes on us that we can feel like, well, I can't, I can't be fully honest with my friends. And one of the, one of the things that happens, um, is we feel like if I'm fully honest, I'm either afraid of how they're going to view me or judge me. Or like, if I said, I, I'm going to be fully honest with you. I struggle with, um, you know, overindulging in this area. My fear is that we're going to hang out, we're going to have a gathering and I'm going to be over, I'm going to be filling my plate and they're going to be like, hey, Jacqueline, you said you struggle with this, right? Like that's, that can be a fear that we're like, if I'm really honest, I'm not going to get to do that again or, um, and so what I have found is anytime I'm fully honest with, first of all, with God and myself, Mm -hmm. um, and then either my husband or friends, um, they don't come to me with that place of judgment. They come to me at that place of, okay, let's, let's go after this freedom together. Let's take this together mm-hmm. to the foot of the cross. Um, so they're definitely, I love that you said that doing this in a group and being really open with other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing when you're surrounded by people. Um, and I pray that for everybody that we have people around us that build us up and encourage us that we have people around us that are so deeply rooted that they have the confidence to speak truth to us from a place of love, you know, um, that they don't fall onto the side of not enough love, (laughs) too much love. (laughs) And, um, and that what you said is that God wants every minute detail of our lives. He wants it all. He wants to hear every tedious, boring, conflicted thought that we have. He wants us to bring it to him because he's our good, good father. And he wants to take all of those ashes from us and replace it with beauty. That's, that's, he tells us that over and over again. And so, um, I do 
I do pray that um, little by little seeds are planted, diet culture strongholds are exposed, um, and that through Jesus Christ, many are brought to freedom in this area. And to him, all the glory when, it, you know, if and when we get freedom from this worldly stronghold and, and we are kingdom, kingdom um, released in this area, to him, all the glory. So good. Well, Carol, thank you for sharing um, some of your wisdom and your passion. Um, and where can people connect with you and where can they find your book? So I think you said it at the beginning. Um, my Instagram is Fuel Body Feed Soul. Um, that's also my blog, um, Fuel Body Feed Soul. And um, the Instagrams and the blog are typically completely separate. Um, I just did a Instagram caption that I got blown up about. So I turned it into a blog post, but that generally doesn't um, happen. The blog has a lot more um, recipes and nutrition stuff on it, um, and, but that's it. And then I have the two books. I have Breakthrough and You Are His, which are both on Amazon. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carol. And uh, I'm excited to check out some of your recipes. Actually, I've seen a few of your pictures. I'm always like, ooh, I want to. I'm I'm heavily influenced by food pic food pictures on the internet. <laughs> yeah, me me too. My kids are always like, can we eat? And I'm like, no, I have to get a picture first. <laughs> totally got got to find something. Well, thank you uh, for sharing with us, and I trust this has helped people move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.